It's time to raise the roof for our latest podcast episode. Welcome back, everyone, to this latest episode of Raise the Roof. Uh, as you guys saw in our last episode, we did a college baseball uh, preview. We had on the head coaches for both the University of Tampa and USF. Uh, so if you guys haven't listened to that, make sure to listen to that. But it didn't make sense to just do college baseball. I wanted to make sure that we also touched upon college softball. And Tampa Bay is a pretty damn good area to have softball going on. Uh, and today, um, so it's just me, me and our special guest, who if you guys don't know her and if you guys don't follow the world of college softball, um, you might have not known that like she was probably the best pitcher in college softball last year, if not one of like top three, top five. I mean, you can see it either way. Um, she won uh college softball's triple crown. I think Georgina, are you the first person to do that? First ever, yeah. In D one softball at least. Okay, okay. So by that metric, I'll, I will say best pitcher in college softball last year. Um, and probably one of the best players in USF softball history. Uh, Georgina Cork. Uh, Georgina, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we really appreciate it. I don't, I, I feel like your list of accolades has grown to the point where I don't know if I can rattle them off in quick enough fashion in order to make it work. But um, I mean, if you want to let the people know about some of the things, not, you know, I, I guess let's just do last year because last year is probably the thing that I'm sure a lot of college softball fans um, can remember you by, but just, you know, some of the things that you were able to accomplish last year. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So last year was definitely probably my craziest, most hectic year. Um, my SID definitely had a terrible time keeping track of all the stuff that was going on. Um, but I think I was on um, USA softball. I made the top three finalists. So they flew me out to Oklahoma, um, ended up giving it to Jocelyn Allo, which 100% understand. She just had an absolute storybook here. Mm -hmm. um, but I was the only pitcher in the top three, which is super exciting, um, especially in a sport that right now is super dominated by offense, um, mm -hmm. along with Bailey Klingler. Um, I was a three-time All-American, so first-team All-American last year in um, the NFCA, extra innings, D1 softball, um, the ones that, that really count. Yeah. Um, I think I was pitcher of the year. I was scholar-athlete. Um, I did a lot of that cool stuff. We obviously went to our regionals. Um, I threw a couple of perfect games, a couple of no-hitters. Um, it kind of all blends into one, especially if you know. Sometimes it feels a little bit like work, so I kind of just yeah. got up, put on my uniform, and, and got going. Um, but definitely some of that was the coolest stuff. And then I was one of the first, um, I think one of the, one of the few softball players that's been drafted out of USF. So I got drafted um, into the WPF. So I got drafted for the USSA pride um, as well as athletes unlimited. I went and competed with athletes unlimited in San Diego this summer, as well as um, going on to medal at the WBSC um, Europeans as well this summer um, ended up falling to the Netherlands um, but we're on the the Olympic path for 2028 um, with Great Britain softball. So that's cool as well. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, she just casually threw in the fact that she just threw perfect games and no hitters and it was just kind of like all involved in it, which just shows you how insane of a season um, uh, that you had. Um, so, I mean, you know, who, what a better person to have on for this. And I know that you, you know, people have talked about you kind of throughout. I know Major League Baseball wrote a story about you uh last season or I think it was probably towards the end of last season from what I saw and playing on um the U Triple SA Pride I know doesn't um Haley also play for them and then I forget the girl from James Madison oh um it was Odyssey 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 yeah. was drafted for the Pride and then she went on to play with Athletes Unlimited and okay. professionally in Japan as well oh my god she went mm -hmm. to Japan yeah 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 there's a lot of really great softball in Japan Whoa. it's actually one of the, the better leagues that we have in the entire uh world um, it's a very prestigious league to be a part of. It's difficult to get asked to play in that. Oh, that's it. I mean, that does make a lot of sense considering the fact that Tokyo did have both baseball and softball at the Olympics uh, when they had mm -hmm. it. So that makes a lot more sense. But 
Yeah, I mean, just talk about the, uh, you know, just in general. I mean, the amount of players that you play with, obviously the success that you had last year. I mean, you know, talking about going specifically with that success that you had, um, you know, was there a certain game or a certain moment or whatever it is? Because, you know, having already been a multi-time All-American coming into your senior year, was there a time when you were like, you know, this year is going to be special or like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. And then it kind of just continued to pile on the top of each other. Kind of, it was definitely early into the season last year. It was definitely coming off of the COVID season. Um, everyone kind of had that feeling that like, oh, like this, this is it, this is it, you know, um, like having your last year, having it be your senior year, um, you really want to go out with a bang. Um, and knowing that kind of you got that extra year of eligibility was really big because I felt like I had a lot of um, doors that I hadn't closed, things that I hadn't done. Um, so actually early in the season last year, uh, I went 87 consecutive innings um, without giving up an earned run. And that was when MLB kind of reached out and was like, holy cow, like, what are you doing? Um, that was like the really, really cool kind of turning point mm-hmm. where people were like starting to tune in and they're like, oh my God, like sh- she has an ERA of zero. Like she's thrown 80, 80 plus innings with an ERA of zero. Like what's going on? Um, and it was really cool. USF went to that Clearwater Elite Invitational and we beat Oklahoma State. We beat Notre Dame. Um, we kind of came out really hot and and made a name for ourselves early in the season. So that was really cool being able to kind of ride the success of that as well as being someone who I take a lot of pride in what this team can do and coming from USF isn't often considered a anything more than a mid-major in some of our competitive aspects, especially in softball and coming out and beating some big 10 teams coming out and just taking um, the ability to get ranked super early. That was when I was like, Oh, we have like, we have a really, really good shot of doing something this year. Um, Obviously, you can only throw out, go out and throw one pitch at a time. Mm-hmm. So I really had to take it kind of one pitch at a time. But a lot of people started paying a lot of attention to my stats. I got, obviously, MLB attention. Um, I got some, obviously, people in the local Tampa area started really caring a lot about USF softball, which meant a lot to me because it's, it's been my life. It's been my love and and passion for, obviously, my entire college career. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, going back to what you were talking about, because you mentioned Great Britain. Um, uh, that you play for them. And I know that you were born there, um, mm-hmm. but obviously, you know, by by your voice, you don't have the um, the, the British <laughs> accent. I'm, I'm sure you could probably break it out at some point, but um, how did, the, oh no, you can't? It's terrible. Well, because I grew oh. up, both of my parents are British. So okay. for me, a British accent just sounds like my mom telling me to clean my room. Um, uh, okay. so I, I have a terrible fake British <laughs> accent. And I won't do um, the entire country a disservice by whipping it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's fine. Um, so, um, so you were born there, but how did you end up finding your way to not only to the U.S., but then also when it came to softball, how did USF come in the picture? So it's actually, it's really funny. We always talk about British people are like magnets. They're going to find each other no matter where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously both of my parents are British, born and raised. Um, and then I was born there. And when I was about three months old, my dad got a job position over here in the U.S. Um, so we flew over. I lived in Georgia for a couple of years, bounced around Florida for a little while. Um, and when I was about 14, 15 was when I got recruited and committed to to USF. Mm-hmm. And funnily, at the time, I started obviously coming to the USF games because it was going to be my future home. And uh, a girl on the USF team at the time, Lauren Evans, actually had British parents and British heritage and had been playing on GB softball for a couple of years. And so her parents and my parents obviously bumped into each other like in the bathroom or something. And we're like, oh my gosh, you're British. I'm British. Um, my kid is also British. Um, how crazy is that? And they're like, oh my God, that's so crazy. My kid is British. And they're like, you should you should consider having her on the GB softball team. We're really trying to build it up. It's not a huge program right now, but we're trying to, you know, like get it more involved, get it more national. 
And so that was my first year playing for under 19s. I believe that would have been 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just fell in love with it. We played in, um, in the Netherlands, there's beautiful stadium, beautiful field. The competition is really actually probably prepared me for college even better than maybe some of my teammates that were only playing high school and travel ball. Um, It was incredible. I had the chance I've had the chance to play in Japan, in Canada, in Oklahoma, uh, in most of the countries in Europe. And it's just one of those really cool experiences that I would have never known if my British parents hadn't bumped into another pair of British parents uh, just coming in and out of the stadium. So that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, know, like like you were saying, it's, you know, people find each other and things Mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, stuff just kind of happened. I mean, you know, what a perfect, um, I guess, just, blending of the minds there meeting of the minds there i will ask um uh was football coming home for you uh during the world cup or were you pulling for team usa oh oh football soccer football yes 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 um a little bit i (laughs) i have to admit i'm not usually a huge sports fan i just happen to be quite good at the sport that i tried um (laughs) which is probably terrible to say on a sports podcast i love the race because i actually grew up in port charlotte oh that's awesome stone crabs so we used to get I was a huge reading nerd. So I used to get the little, you got a free stone crab ticket if you finished a book or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's how I actually fell in love with baseball and softball was going to the stone crab games and playing on the playground and then being like, Oh, look, they're playing a sport down there. Oh, um, that's cool. Loved it. Um, so I've been a huge race fan since I was a wee little one. Um, but my dad has obviously been a huge soccer fan growing up. He's an Arsenal guy. Obviously, hey, I'm an Arsenal fan too. Yeah. But obviously, as you probably know, uh, fans of soccer are, really funny especially english fans because they they really hate their team they want them to win but they like that now because arsenal's (laughs) going through that little skid right now and we're i'm sure he's feeling it the same way that i'm feeling it where it's like (sighs) yeah i can i I hear that all the time from my dad i was like (laughs) man i wish i knew what you were talking about i love you i love the uniform um but i have no idea what you're going on about john um so i didn't really have a dog in the fight um, I've grown up in the U.S., so I call it soccer. Um, my dad definitely was like, "It's football." Never, <laughs> man. They kick a ball. They like they're gonna do it. <laughs> that's awesome. But no, that's that's really cool that you you know uh, with the Rays uh, part of this, um, you know, going to games in Port Charlotte. I know the stone. Unfortunately, the stone crabs don't exist, and everything that's happening with spring training this year is bringing the Rays closer to the area than uh, training. You know, actually playing at the Trop for most of the games. I think. All except for one, because the first one is going to be played at Disney, and then the rest of them will be played at the Trop. Um, so, you know, before I go back to softball questions, when it comes to the race specifically, uh, so you mentioned the Stone Crabs, but was there any other like specific moments with the race or just anything like that that um, you know got you just gravitated you towards the team or just got you more interested in what they were doing? Yeah, actually, um, I kind of t- alluded that I was like a big nerd. I'm a, I love like trivia. Like I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of that. And so every now and then my parents would surprise me with race tickets because I also um, at USF here, I did marine biology. So mm-hmm. my parents would surprise me with the race tickets because they knew as much as I wanted to watch the baseball, I wanted to go to the touch tank. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to touch the stingrays. And so they would take me to those games and let me do that. And there used to be my sister and I would do when they had the trivia, they would put the trivia questions up. And if you could like race and find somebody and answer the trivia questions, they used to give you those little, um, those little baseball hats that they would put like shaved ice and stuff in. And so awesome. I, I collected those. Um, so we would always beg to go to the race games. Cause I wanted to do the trivia. Cause I was really, really good at the trivia. I knew all of the players at the time. I was obviously in love with Evan Longoria. Um, like I, 
I was loved, love the sport. And I would sit there and stay at home and I'd read all of my trading cards and I'd do all of that. So that when I go to the games, I was prepared. I'd studied for the test and that my sister and I, I could beat her and get more hats than she did um, throughout the, the entire game. Um, mm. So that was always really, really fun for me. Um, and obviously my parents were amazing in supporting that and letting me go to so many games and everything. Um, I know that definitely wasn't the easiest thing in the world, yeah. um, but I ate it up. I loved it. So I'm sure that that meant, you know, you being at USF, I'm sure that that allowed you to go to a lot more games as a result, because I don't know what sort of relationship the Rays have with US um, with the softball team. I know with the baseball team, it's been good, but I'm mm -hmm. sure with the softball team, there have been things that the team has done and you guys have been able to get to games. And I'm sure just on the side, you've been able to go to games on your own. Yeah, exactly. And I'm usually we're big fans. So I've gone to a couple of them where I can. Obviously, it's, it's mm -hmm. usually pretty busy um, in season. Um, but it's been really cool. And then Tyra Glass now has been awesome. We have a, a teammate on USF who has been fighting brain cancer and the Rays have been incredible in getting involved with that. Mm -hmm. um, so I've gone to a couple of charity events. Um, I know that he does a lot of stuff with Bucky. Um, so the Rays have been really, really actually incredibly um, supportive as well as Tampa Light like Tampa Bay Lightning. They've been really supportive um, in getting involved with USF softball, especially as it comes to Bucky, which has mm -hmm. been awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so going back to softball, um, you mentioned talking about USF, and I think it's the same thing with USF baseball, where, it, you know, mid-major school, some, you know, some, if not a lot of people overlook them, but in recent years, um, players have developed out of, you know, out of those programs, teams have been really good, you guys have been able to get to places that the program hasn't seen in recent years. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, talking earlier, you said that you took a lot of pride in that. So can you talk more about I guess what the program was like when you first got in and then how it evolved over your tenure um, as a player. Definitely. It's looking back on my freshman year. Um, we were a very different team. Mm. I think kind of the, you come in and you're really young and everyone's really old and you think they're really cool and they're so experienced and they're so knowledgeable of the game and coach is an incredible teacher. He's someone who loves recruiting very smart players. He loves recruiting natural athletes and natural leaders. So I came in knowing that USF had made a women's college world series run in 2012. So we weren't a program that wasn't known for anything. Yeah, We just had kind of fallen a little bit into that obscurity that teams can get into where mm. perhaps we rode the, the high of Sarah Nevins and I had a lot of people comparing that. And especially when I came in, there was a pitcher coming in that was supposed to be much better than me. So I didn't anticipate playing a lot my freshman year. Um, and I ended up having to step into that role, which was really scary and really hard. Um, but the really cool thing was that as much as we are, we are considered a mid-major and we hadn't really done a lot in terms of regionals and super regionals in the years prior, we had some incredible leaders in the team in Lindsay Devitt, in Cassidy Boyle, in Aston Donovan, um, and Macy Cook behind the plate. I had some really, really cool people who were willing to work with someone who was very young, a little inexperienced outside of the international field, which is very different than the college field. Mm -hmm. um, and so they were really, really willing to sit down with me and be like, hey, listen, you're going to pitch regardless. Um, so we're going to help you out and make sure that you're you're good enough mm -hmm. and that you're and you know that you have the support behind you, even if you're scared, even if you're nervous, which I am. You know, you came into a program and looking at the numbers, I probably threw 60% of the games my freshman year. And by my senior year, I was throwing 80 to 90% of the games. So I was, I was throwing a lot of the innings that we had as a team. Um, but whatever coach does in bringing in athletes and training them in training them, not only as athletes, but as, as people as well, was really, really instrumental in that you can say we're a mid-major in that the competition, but especially in softball and baseball, you know what it's like, you have a pitcher who's on, then you have a pitcher who's off and 
suddenly your RPI is doing the whole jumping game. And it doesn't really reflect what you are as a program and what you are as a collection of people, especially as a collection of 20 or 30 women strong. That doesn't say how we how talented we are. So I think last year, especially learning from my freshman year and all the years prior, um, really taught me that the most important thing is building the kids underneath you. Because you've worked so hard by being guided by the people prior to you. So if I just came in my senior year and was like, listen, guys, screw you guys. I'm going to pitch and I'm going to do whatever I want. We're not getting better as a program. So I was really, really um, stern with myself about making sure that I was in the bullpen with the younger girls, talking to them, letting them know that it's okay to be scared. It's it's okay to fail. There's a lot of times you're going to throw a game, the best game of your entire life, and you're going to lose. But are you going to get better from that? How are we going to get better from that? And so that was really cool. And coach is really big about building that culture in the program. I know that's a similar concept with Billy and the baseball team. Um, So it's really nice to kind of see that mid-majors are usually only a couple of big breakout games away from being the teams that compete in the top eight in the top 12. Um, So it's cool to see that even though we may not have the money and the means and we don't even have kind of the massive fan support that some of these other SEC, the Big Ten, like whatever teams have, we are strong in the community that we have. And that's really cool to see. Mm. Uh, so going back to what you were talking about when it came to your workload on the team and um, the fact that you went from someone who was pitching the majority of the games to someone who was pitching nearly all of the games. I know that rest and recovery in softball is a little bit different than in baseball, just because of the fact that, um, you know, um, the softball pitching motion lends itself to pitchers being able to throw a lot more during the season um, and, and, and throw a lot more innings and throw a lot more innings consistently. But how did you keep yourself um, you, you know, like what sort of uh, R&R and or just stuff that you needed to do in order to make sure that you, um, you know, were able to handle a workload like that? Because I'm sure that even in softball workload, like that's pretty insane. It can be. A lot of it comes down to the biomechanics of whatever your motion is. Kind of same with baseball guys. Like obviously Tommy Johns is huge in baseball. You don't see very much of that in softball. Mm-hmm. What you do see is you see usually forearm or bicep. You'll see especially like knees and legs because mm-hmm. we do a lot more of the lower explosive power stuff. Um, it's really difficult to say because softball just trains for the workload that we have. So sometimes a baseball guy will throw a bullpen and he won't throw another bullpen for two, three days. I was throwing 200, 300 pitches a day, every day for five or six days a week, you know? Yeah. People don't often know kind of the the reality of the workload for softball, but that's what it is. You know, I'm throwing a 68 to 70 mile per hour pitch 200 times a day. I'm trained for that. That's what I do. The hard part of the R&R is the mental fatigue of going out there and like, we call our own games. Like we have my catchers behind the the plate throwing down signals. I'm competing every single pitch. My, I didn't, my, my ER was a 0.50, you know, I wasn't giving up runs in Mm. the 200, 270 innings that I, that I threw. Um, So that's the mental fatigue. It's that I'm going out and I know that if I give up one run, that might be the difference between us going to postseason and us not. Um, Especially when you have someone that throws all those innings, the scouting is there, the, the information is there. The R&R, we have a wonderful training staff in Michelle. We have an incredible support system in the coaches that are like, listen, if you need the rest, you're going to get the rest. Um, but I'm stubborn. I was very, um, I took a lot of pride in what I did and, and what I could do for my team. And I was like, listen, if I can have the ball, I want the ball. Um, so I was very big in getting the massages and getting in and doing, you know, the acupuncture and the massa- and the um, the cupping and the Graston and everything. That's as much of it as you need it, but oftentimes in the moment, that's not going to fix it. 
you mm. need two weeks of that to really recover from any kind of injury. Mm. The difficulty part was, was making sure that I was eating right, getting my sleep in. Cause we'd be on the road from Thursday until Sunday. I would have classes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I was back on the road Thursday morning. Mm. Um, so that's very difficult to kind of swap your brain in and out of those things. Then when you really are throwing a lot of the games and knowing that you have the weight of responsibility of keeping yourself healthy and performing. Both of those are very difficult things alone, let alone together and together consistently. Mm. Um, so I would say the support of the staff and support of my teammates was huge um, in both the mental and the physical recovery sides. Mm -hmm. um, so if I'm not mistaken, uh, I know that your USF playing career is over, but if I'm not mistaken, you're still involved um, with the program in some way this season. And I know that um the the softball season I'm sure the pro softball season I would assume that it begins it's kind of like lacrosse where it begins after the college season is over is that correct yes. Yes. okay mm -hmm. um yeah so it basically happens over the summer which means that you have you know I'm sure that you're training and all of that stuff and getting ready for the pro season um as the spring uh is going on but um can you talk more about your role with the program and um, you know, how that came up and if it was something where you suggested it to them or they suggested it to you and said they wanted to have you back. Um, yeah, I, uh, I remember it going into coach's office because with the COVID year, I started my master's here at USF. Uh, I do global sustainability. <laughs> um, and so I started my master's with my last year and I still had one year of it left. And I kind of, once I got drafted and went professional, I was very like hemming and hawing over whether I really wanted to finish that schooling because I did. I loved it. It's really like something that I'm very passionate about and something that I care deeply about. Um, or if I wanted to go just straight into maybe a coaching position or playing professionally overseas, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of those options out there. But I like went in coach's office and I kind of sat down with him and I was like, listen, these are my options. Um, I need to know even if the position would be available for me. And he kind of like was one of those people that was like, are you serious? Like, of course, mm -hmm. I'm a grad assistant, by the way. Um, I think that the technical term, they've been messing around with it with the NCAA. It might be student manager now. Okay. Um, but I, I essentially am a graduate assistant. Okay. Um, do my schooling and I come out and not technically allowed to coach, not do a lot of the actual coaching things due to compliance rules and everything. Um, but I throw a lot of the BP. I help set this set stuff up. I'm doing front toss, kind of helping out wherever's needed um, while also getting my schooling done. Um, so that's been really, really cool, uh, especially like I get to see some of the other sides of things. I want to go into coaching. I'm really passionate about it. I've done lessons and coaching um, younger kids for a little while now. Um, and but the college scene is very different. There's a lot more, especially I talk about compliance and the rules and everything. Um, you never, you want to make sure that your athletes are protected and that's what those rules are for. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes the athletes don't even know what the rules are that are protecting them. Um, so I love being a graduate assistant and being able to go into coach's office and be like, well, why did you do this? Like, what are the rules behind this? Like, da, da, da. And he's really awesome. He always gives me a straight answer. He's always like, he knows what I want to do and how passionate I am about, about where I want to be. Mm -hmm. um, so he's really, really good about providing those things for me. Um, especially if I want to go into a coaching position, um, I'll have had the experience here at USF as a graduate assistant who still knows the goings on behind the scenes as well as what it takes on the field. Mm -hmm. um, and then hopefully taking that to a program somewhere and being able to make them better. That's all I've ever really wanted. Mm -hmm. Do you want to continue coaching at USF if um, an opportunity arises or are you more of just looking for any place that might have any sort of opening that you would want to go to? Perhaps. I'm definitely going to be a little picky about my options. Mm. I just think that USF 
Steph has a phenomenal coaching staff right now. Um, we've picked up Carla Claudia Rivera as a pitching coach. She's an incredible woman. She's got a lot of experience international as well, as well as being an alum from USF. Um, Courtney Radke as a volunteer has come in. She has incredible experience from UNF. Um, obviously, Lisa Navis stepping in as the assistant coach this year has been huge. We love having her and coach. Um, that doesn't leave a lot of space for anybody else. <laughs> um, so it's kind of one of those things like, oh, you want to stay at USF? And I'd be like, well, I don't want to fire anybody. That's not that's not my position to come in and take anyone's job. Um, especially the people that have made um, it so easy for me to slide into this graduate um, assistant position. Mm -hmm. um, so perhaps it's one of those things that whatever the availability is there, um, I think I have a lot to provide for a program. So I'd like to look for programs that that match what I want to do in places that I want to do them. I'm probably not going to go to Juneau, Alaska because I hate the cold. Um, I'd like to stay somewhere a little bit warmer. And obviously my family's here in Florida. Um, so I'll be looking for places that are close enough that I can stay really close to my roots and the people that have been really instrumental in, in me getting to the places that I needed to get to, to go to. Um, but if that's not a reality, I will most likely continue. We play professionally, obviously in the summers as well. Mm. Um, but if I want to play professionally overseas in Japan and Europe and Australia. Um, there's some really cool options there. And then even that fills kind of my itch that I've always had of being a world traveler is going overseas and playing softball and being paid to play softball in these really amazing um, like locations mm -hmm. and then coming home and knowing that I have a professional um, league in Chicago and that my family's in Florida and kind of doing the whole bouncing around thing. Um, so I'm fortunately I'm young and I have a lot of choices. It's just, I have to probably make one pretty soon here, which is a little scary. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, in terms of a resume, I'm sure that, you know, it, it, it easily speaks for itself. So any team that would be looking for a coach, let this be um, uh, your 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 uh, pitch to to any program being like, if, if there's something about, yeah, if there's something available, I'm here. Um, <laughs> but the one so the one thing I was curious about, um, and I don't know how much you think about it, but you still playing professionally, have you gone back and kind of put your college career into perspective at all and kind of thought, you know, I guess just thought about what you were able to do at USF and um, just everything with it, not just what the team was able to do, you guys making the NCAA tournament being one of the best teams in the American um, and, you know, one of the best teams in the country at that. Um, but then from that, just all of your individual accomplishments, has have you put any of that in perspective or just thought about that at all or is that really something that you haven't tried to do because there's still a lot more career left for you I think sometimes it's important to kind of like close the door when you've walked through it mm -hmm. so obviously like my college career is done I can't you know I gotta close my yearbook I can't keep living in the past um, especially knowing that professional softball is the next step you know it is a heightened case of um, competitiveness I'm playing against these athletes where maybe in a week, I would have played against one of these caliber of athletes. And I would have been like, Hey, this is their number four hitter. She doesn't beat me and circle them. I now face a lineup full of those people. Um, so obviously it's really nice to be able to, especially still being around the college athletes that I am around, um, being like, yeah, you know, like I've been there and I've done that not in a cocky way, but in a way of, listen, I've been, I've, I've done that. Like what experience can I pro provide for you that maybe I had to crawl hands and knees to get, get there, but you can stand up and walk it because I'm holding your hand kind of aspect. Um, obviously my parents are my biggest fans. They're huge. Um, all of my awards, all of my trophies and stuff that I've got, um, they keep it home on a little shelf or whatever. Uh, it's right next to my dad's liquor. So, you know, mm -hmm. however important those two are together. Um, but it's been really cool. I, every now and then I kind of wake up and I was like, oh, I really did do that. You know, or when people are like, oh, we're doing a throwback to NFCA pitcher of the year last year, da, da, da. 
And I'm like, oh, that was me. You know, <laughs> like it feels like somebody who I'm not anymore because I've kind of moved on and it's not a, it's not a huge part of my life as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially going to professional, I still have to prove myself every day. What I did in the past isn't what I'm going to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially me throwing my bullpens and throwing BP and doing all the things that USF allows me to still do in preparation um, for my pro season this summer has been awesome because it reminds me that, Hey, you're, you still have to train. You still have to be better. I can't just be as good as I was in college because that still isn't good enough. You still have to keep pushing yourself. Um, Mm. so definitely sometimes I kind of wake up and I'm like, Oh my God, I really did do that. Or when people like give me the numbers, I'm like, those are kind of crazy numbers. Um, I have to go, well, I'm glad I don't do that anymore. I do this now. Um, so it's kind of cool, um, being able to have that and move past it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think I only have two things left. And the one thing I forgot to ask earlier, but, um, having been raised, um, in the area to some extent, having grown up in the area, um, obviously you grew up with the Rays and as a result of that, you also grew up with softball in the area, not just in Tampa Bay, but in Florida in general. And I mean, you know, it's not just USF, uh, you know, UF, FSU, Miami, also, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving out multiple other schools. I know Stetson, UNF um FIU the I'm, I mean I mean the list can go on and on and on trying to figure out um uh FAU they I mean I mean yeah the list can go on and on and on when 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 talking about just the caliber of softball here um so can you talk about uh, I guess specifically talking about the Tampa Bay area can you talk more about what the softball scene is like and how you've seen it develop um since you've been in the area I mean it's been incredible when I came in my freshman year um a lot of our players were actually from up north we had some like um, Ohio, Illinois, like um, these places out in in the Midwest. And I came in, and I was like, oh, that's so crazy. Like you've seen snow. I've never seen snow. You know, I've, I've grown up in mostly in Florida. I've lived in this area my entire life. And they're like, oh yeah, well, there's like, you know, good softball up there. And especially when you talk about the East versus the West Coast, oftentimes people go to the West Coast to look for talent, um, just kind of where the money and the people and everything kind of are in regards to that, especially softball has kind of been, um, a money game, unfortunately, the same way that you talk about lacrosse and stuff. It's one of those games that requires kind of a lot of money and dedication for it. So you end up in a little higher socioeconomic regions. And we often saw a lot of softball players come out of that. Um, and then I came here to, to USF and I realized that Tampa is, is a massive bustling community because um, obviously I grew up in kind of a, a small place down in Englewood. It wasn't a huge place. It's one of the massive retirement areas here in Florida. And then I moved up northeast of Orlando and then I came to Tampa and Tampa is even bigger than Orlando. I thought Orlando was one of the biggest cities I was ever going to drive through along I-4. And then I came to Tampa and especially now knowing that it's considered like what, one of the top three places to live in your early twenties. It's one of these massive growing industrial areas for jobs and, and just kind of the opportunities that it arises for people. And now what you're actually seeing is the recruiting class is staying at home. Um, When coach has been announcing some of the new recruits for this year and the next year, um, you see a lot of them are from, Land of Lakes, Fort Myers, Tampa, um, they're all from this relatively close region. And it's reminding you that you don't have to go far to find a, a wealth of talent. Um, when we have kids come to our camps and they're like, oh yeah, we just drove in this morning. I was so used to them being like, yeah, I had to fly in last night and get a hotel. And then we're going to fly back on Tuesday morning or anything. Now you're having hometown and homegrown talent um, come in and and really dominate the USF scene, um, which is really cool for me, especially because I kind of was a hometown talent um who stayed I was played for the Tampa Mustangs I played for a team right down the street and when I got recruited I got recruited onto a team that didn't feel like a lot of kids from my area and now a lot of girls come in and they're like oh yeah we played on the same travel team growing up you know like our families know each other and that's so big for culture 
um, in especially a, a softball sport right now that is kind of big on I can jump from place to place and a culture is difficult to create and difficult to maintain. Um, it's cool to see that our recruiting class is all sitting kind of at home. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the last thing I have is talking about this season. You guys have already gotten a little bit into the season. Uh, the Clearwater tournament's coming up, which if you guys don't know, the St. Pete Clearwater, uh, Invi I'm probably butchering the name, but um, the Clearwater Invitational Tournament that happens, uh, it's it's easily the biggest, um, it, you know, think of it like the Maui Gym Invitational uh, for softball is, is is how at least I would think about it. I mean, some of the biggest teams in the country, including USF, are going to be there. Uh, it's 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 going to be a really, really good time. If you guys can get um, over to the area, um, 100% do it. It's well, well worth your time. But um, yeah, so you guys have already played a little bit. You have that coming up and obviously everything with the American. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. Um, can you talk about how things have gone so far this year and what you're kind of expecting, what people should expect about USF softball this season? I think you're going to see a lot of good athletes. We have a really large roster for our sport. And the the reason we have a really large roster is because everyone's good. Um, there's no way that you can sit down and be like, all right, we need to like cut some people off. We need to narrow down. You have too many good athletes to really do that. Um, Coach prides himself a lot on having a diversity of talent and a, and a diversity of approaches because when especially going to a tournament like the Clearwater Elite Invitational, it's called Elite for a reason. You're bringing in Texas A&M. You're bringing in, we've played UCLA at this. We've played OSU. We've played teams that end up in the top four teams in the in the Women's College World Series competing in, in our backyard. Um, so that's really cool to be able to just literally drive an hour away, um, get set up, and, and play against some of the best teams in the entire country. Um, obviously, USF, uh, we came out on opening night, and we actually beat Michigan. Um, which is always really cool. We always have Michigan as a home opener, especially now that um, Hutch has retired and Bonnie has stepped in as the new head coach, um, especially Chitty as the assistant coach who I got to play with at Athletes Unlimited. Um, you're seeing some of the best teams and names in the in the country and you're competing against them. Um, so winning against Michigan was kind of a reminder that, hey, like we are still here. We still bring a lot of talent, even graduating some of you know our strong bats, our strong pitchers. Um, we've brought in good talent. We have new talent. We've filled ourselves out from the transfer portal. We've brought in a massive class of, class of really strong freshmen. Um, so I anticipate a lot of good softball. I think we have a lot of diversity in the pitching staff. You're not going to see one person go the whole way anymore. You're going to see multiple pitchers with multiple different approaches, especially regarding you might play three different teams in a day. You're going to see six different pitchers. That's very difficult for a team to scout and prepare for versus maybe just preparing for their ace. Um, so we bring a lot to the table that way. We've got switch hitters. We've got power lefties. We've got a lot of speed in the lineup. Um, it's one of those things that, especially talking to baseball fans, they're like, oh, well, how hard did they hit? Softball isn't often that game. Softball is a very different game than baseball mm, in that sure. speed kills. You've got somebody going up the line in two and a half, three seconds. You don't have the time for a fun little double clutch. You don't have a time for a hobby bias play because there is no time. Um, so you're going to expect a lot of hard, soft, hard softball, fast softball. Um, and you're going to expect some, you know, some really, really good pitching. Um, that's what I think USF brings to the table. That's what we've always brought to the table. We've got a strong defensive field. Um, and honestly, just the energy's there. It's really fun coming out to the games and seeing the girls um, enjoy the game as much as other people enjoy watching it. Um, mm -hmm. So that'll be really cool. And hopefully if people are able to come out to Clearwater and watch us play, I know this, this tournament's been sold out from the second they announced it <laughs> um, with thousands upon thousands of tickets and thousands upon thousands of people flying in to watch. Um, but if you get a chance to come out, it's well worth it. Or even tuning into ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a lot of fun guys. Go watch that. If, 
you know, if you can't go get that, go over to USF um, uh, and, and go over to the softball stadium. It's connected to the baseball stadium. It's a beautiful setup. I was able to go to that. Um, I think it was the you guys hosted some sort of a series last year and Ohio State was in it in mm-hmm. like mid-March, I believe. And I went to the the Ohio State game. I know that that didn't end up well, but I mean, still the experience of being there and seeing all that was awesome. So mm-hmm. make sure you can get out to games and all that stuff. And Georgina, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate your time and we appreciate your, you know, just your generosity of coming on and talking with us. Uh, and I want to make sure that that you get a chance to plug your socials because um, I want to, you know, I want people to be able to follow your journey as you go, not only through, um, you know, your coaching career, quote unquote, at USF, um, fin- finishing it out as a grad assistant, but, you know, what you're going to be able to do uh, playing professionally, whether that be nationally or internationally, whatever that might be. So um, mm-hmm. where can people find you at on social media? I'm more of a, an Instagram, Twitter kind of gal. I'm a little bit older, 24, 25. So my Instagram handle is just Georgina Corrick. Um, I was lucky I got in early with Instagram, so I get my own name. Um, and then Twitter is George Corrick, um, which is mostly what everyone and their mother calls me these days. Um, but you'll see especially a lot of my content about Athletes Unlimited, about the USF softball season this year. And if I go and play internationally, you'll see a lot of the WBSC, the Olympics. We're going to be playing against Australia and Team USA this summer in Ireland. Um, so if you tune in, you're going to be able to see a lot of that. Um, I'm a big softball gal. You're going to see a lot of that stuff on my page. Um, so I would love if you guys are able to follow along. It's been an awesome journey so far, um, but I'm shooting for the Olympics in 2028. So if you guys want to keep up with that, that'll be awesome as well. Yeah. Um, and best of luck in doing that. And um, again, Georgina, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Guys, make sure that you not only follow Georgina, but follow USF softball, follow what they're going to be able to do this year. Try to get up the games as much as possible and try to support all of Tampa Bay softball, just like Tampa Bay college baseball. Try to support everything because we're trying to grow this as much as possible and we want to help out. So again, Georgina, thank you so much. And for everyone listening, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back in this latest episode of Razor Roof. Hi everyone, Alex here with a quick word from our newest sponsor, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is your one-stop shop for tickets for everything from live theater and concerts to sporting events like Rays games. SeatGeek uses a color-coded scale to show you where the best deals are, with green being good and red being bad. If you haven't used SeatGeek before, we have a special deal just for you. Use code RAISETHEROOF, that's RAIS spelled R-A-Y-S, at checkout for $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. Again, that's code raise the roof for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Thanks so much to SeatGeek for sponsoring us, and let's get back to this latest episode of Raise the Roof. And we're back on this latest episode of Raise the Roof. So I am recording this after our interview. What we decided to do was scrap the second half of what we thought was going to be the podcast, and I'm just going to kind of recap things here. That being that pitchers and catchers have officially reported to spring training. If you guys don't know what is going on with spring training with the Rays, this year's a little bit of a different situation because of the hurricane that unfortunately ravaged Fort Myers, Port Charlotte, all of that area. And that has caused the Rays to switch their spring training operations and move it to Orlando, specifically the ESPN Wide Water Sports Complex inside of the Walt Disney World Resort. For the first month of spring training, so that is currently where the team is right now. The majority of the games, except for one, which is the first game of spring training, that will be played at, I don't know if it's still Champion Stadium, but whatever the, where the Braves used to play at the ESPN Wild Order Sports. The Rays will then switch operations to come back to St. Pete. They will be playing the rest of their spring training games out of Tropicana Field. So if you guys haven't gotten tickets yet for those spring training games, make sure you do so. But yeah, that's the current situation. 
Also, just some other things going on. The Rays released their 25th anniversary hype video narrated by the great Dick Vitale. If you guys don't know who Dickie V is, he's are you living under a rock? Uh, I mean, one of the greatest voices in sports history. He happens to be living in the area, and he's a diehard Rays fan. So it was cool to see them do that video. Along with that, they also released some anniversary promotions, and they released the establishment of the Tampa Bay Rays Hall of Fame, which was really cool. The first three inductees will be Wade Boggs, Don Zimmer, and Carl Crawford, all three of which will have their own 25th anniversary giveaways, which were considered mystery giveaways originally when the promotional schedule was put out. But two of those will be bobbleheads, that being Carl Crawford and Don Zimmer. So for all of those who are worried about not having enough bobbleheads on the schedule, you just got your bobblehead fix in one day, two bobbleheads that will be added to that. So that's three as of right now. I don't know if there's going to be any more, but at least three um, to the schedule. Along with that, if you guys didn't hear the news previously, the Devil Rays uniforms are now being officially ushered into the uniform rotation for the Rays. Those will be um, worn every Friday night home game and opening day. So that is 14 games of the 81 regular season games at home, the Rays will be wearing the Devil Rays uniform. So you guys will see those a lot more. It's going to be really, really cool that they brought them back. I think it's awesome that they have really embraced the past because I think when the Rays first came into existence as the Rays in 2008, they really wanted to get rid of that past as much as possible. But in recent years, with the Devil Rays style and with the Devil Rays logo, and shirts and things like that coming back into fashion and people realizing that the logo was really cool, especially fans of the team. The Rays have realized that and have really capitalized on it. So it's going to be really, really cool to see them bring back those Devil Rays uniforms in a more consistent, on a more consistent basis this season. I guess the last news that I have to report is that Harold Ramirez won his arbitration case. He will be making $2.2 million this season for the Rays. Well-deserved. He had a really, really good year last year and hoping that he can continue that same sort of trend and same sort of success moving forward. I don't think that there's anything else. I know the World Baseball Classic is coming up. There's going to be all of the rosters have been released. All of the, from what I understand, most, if not all of the jerseys have been released. All of the hats have been released. There's going to be a number of Rays players that will be participating in the World Baseball Classic. So that's really, really cool to see. It's just going to be awesome. Baseball is coming up. Spring training is coming up. The World Baseball Classic is coming up. We're going to get our baseball fix that we haven't had for oh so long. And also, if you guys didn't know, on the time that I'm recording this, it is the opening day for the college baseball season. So make sure that you go and support your local teams, whether that be in Tampa, supporting USF or University of Tampa, or whether that be anywhere else in the country. Make sure to go out and support your college baseball teams and support your college softball teams, because this weekend is the St. Petersburg um, Clearwater Tax Act Invitational thing that that we talked about with Georgina on this podcast. USF is a proud participant of it, as well as a number of other really, really good teams in the area. If you can find tickets, because those tickets are kind of non-existent at this point, because it's one of the premier tournaments in terms of all of college sports, especially college softball, definitely make sure you can try to go out and just see that and experience and be part of it. But if not, just go out and support college softball the entire season. USF is going to be really good. I'm sure University of Tampa is going to have a very good program and there's good college softball in and around Florida and across the country. So definitely make that worth your while and go. But with that being said, that's going to wrap up this latest episode of Raise the Roof. We appreciate you guys and all of the support that you've given us. We're going to continue to do more. We have some really, really cool podcasts, really, really cool special guests coming up and just other things in the works for this coming season. We're really, really excited to see what is to come with us and just what is to come with the Rays. I mean, we are excited 
just as excited, if not more excited um, as you guys when it comes to this 2023 season. So if you guys want to follow what we're doing here at Raise the Roof, Raise the Roof TV on social media, and also make sure to follow our YouTube channel and subscribe to us at Raise the Roof. We're going to be putting a lot more of those podcasts that we've done here, the video forms, unedited, all on all on YouTube, so you guys can check those out and see them for yourselves. With that being said, thanks so much for listening, and as always, raise up.